This episode of Policing Matters is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit Lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Hey, you're listening to Policing Matters on PoliceOne.com. I'm your host, Jim Dudley. Hey, thanks for checking in. Be sure to check out our video and graphic versions of the show on the Police One YouTube channel. Hey, have you ever walked the beat uh, or head into a coffee shop and then you hear something like, you see that police officer over there? If you don't behave, they will arrest you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that over my career. I've heard a parent or or a guardian say that to a child, uh, usually a wide-eyed child, and it just infuriated me. Well, I always took the opportunity to approach that child and kneel down to their level and tell them that cops are their protectors, and if they ever need anything to, to come find a cop and they'll be helped. And I hope you do too. Well, children are so impressionable from the earliest ages, from their teens to later on, the the science says that their brains aren't really fully developed till ages 23 to 25. Well, wouldn't it be great to have a positive image of police officers and deputies portrayed to children? Wouldn't it be great to have a book that could be read to kids that goes beyond Paw Patrol or Paws Patrol? I'm not sure. Well, our guest today is a police officer and the author of, well, you guessed it, children's books. And she became a writer through an interesting route. She's an 18-year veteran of the New York City Police Department who presently serves as a detective investigator and a hostage negotiator. She's also a passionate educator, serving as an adjunct faculty at John Jay College of Criminal Justice in the Law Police Science Department. Well, welcome to Policing Matters, Adrian Goodwin. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to be here and to share my latest project, Twins in the City. So I I look forward to this dialogue. Yeah, so as a cop, I'm sure you've heard similar over your career of what I described. What got you interested in writing for children? Absolutely. I've, I've heard those same those same statements by parents and neighbors of, if you see the cop, he's going to put you in jail because you're acting up. And I'm like, oh, don't say that. And it's true because as we, as I began to start reading at schools, I would ask the little, the little ones who are four and five, like, what do police officers do? They lock up the bad guys. That's great. What else do they do? They put them in jail. Great. What else do they do? And I'm like, so we need to develop what else do police officers do in our community? We know that they protect and serve. And this passion came about about five years ago when I started teaching police and diversity at John Jay. I've been there for seven years, but I started teaching this discipline about five years ago. And as we began to just talk about the different ethnicities and some of the myths and stereotypes and how it relates to police, I would get the students that say, you're the first police officer I ever met. You're the first woman that I've ever met. And when we start talking about Middle Eastern um, communities, they've never seen a police officer wear a hijab. So I said, oh my gosh, like you're 20, 21, 22. What are we doing to not engage in the community early on that they don't have this representation? And then a couple of years later, I have twins and they asked me, mommy, 
what else do police officers do besides catch the bad guys? So of course, our early, you know, children, that is just what they associate police with. So I knew that I wanted to take that statement and that question and mirror it together into an amazing um, picture book, which is Twins in a City picture book. Um, and the, the, the kind of the plot of this book is my husband and I were both police officers. And we know that New York City is the intersection of the world, right? People come from all over. And it's like, how do police officers get to know everyone? Because they represent them, right? It's this the tapestry. It adds to what makes us unique. And that's pretty much how the story began. Yeah, so Twins in the City, let's learn about police officers. Tell us about it. Uh, what was your message? Where where'd you start? Yeah, so my my twins, so we take them to the city a lot and they get to see all of these different people from all over the world and they do get to see police officers in the city because, you know, it's it's a tourist attraction. So they get to see the police interacting. So it was just one of them things that I kind of used that scene and developed it as my husband and I were taking the twins out and they get to see the police interacting, whether it's the business owner, whether it's at the ice cream shop, whether it's um, helping someone cross the street. So what I love about this book is that they get to see everyone. They get to see a police officer who looks like me, who's African-American. They get to see a woman police officer who's wearing a hijab or a male police officer wearing a turban. They get to see a police officer talking to someone else in Spanish. So these are all familiar, uh, you know, things that they learned in school and now they get to see kind of play out um, within the community as it relates to law enforcement. Um, and they, they, they enjoyed it. They, they enjoyed just seeing all the other amazing things that police officers do do in our community. Yeah, so you use the characters from reality, people you see on the street, maybe something that your your own twins talked about. Could you share some of the main themes and messages in the book? Um, what you want to convey? What was the message you were looking for? So some of the messages that I wanted to convey in this book was how important representation is. My husband and I, we did a career day at a local high school, and it was a young lady who approached the table and said, hey, I would like to be a police officer. And she pointed to her head dressing and she's like, but I wear a job. How can I be a police officer? And we looked at each other. We said, this is why we're writing this book so that people can see themselves as maybe being police officers one day too. So just the importance of being inclusive, the importance of community relationship, just inspiring that young child early on how important police officers are. For me, I am the first police officer in my family. I didn't have a book. <laughs> I didn't have any guidance. It was just one of them things that um, I always tell people this funny story when I developed Facebook. Many, many moons ago, there was a classmate in seventh grade that said, this is all you talked about was being a police officer. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But 18 and a half years later, it has been an amazing journey. And funny enough, I started out as a school teacher. So I was a second grade teacher before going into law enforcement. Um, so I want the kids to be able to have a book that they can say, you know what? I want to be that officer in a book one day. It's important so that we can have a healthy pool of recruits to be able to recruit from later on. So I know that this book won't pay dividends now, but it begins that healthy dialogue early on for kids to kind of open up and, and, and ask those, those questions. 
Well, good for you. And, you know, I always talk about the fact that nobody wants to stick around to build a pyramid anymore, right? So ancient Egypt, they built the pyramids that they knew they were never going to see the completion of, but you are starting at the earliest age possible to build trust and understanding between the community and police. I think it's awesome. I think, you know, what you just talked about, you know, uh, headgear, uh, tattoos, beards, things that we would never have seen on a police officer maybe 15, 20 years ago. It's a true reflection of our community today, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. That's what I wanted to, you know, to represent. Even being a police officer, starting out to now, you know, policies have changed. Have changed. The landscape of our demographics have changed. The people that are now becoming police officers we have to revamp, right, and, and, and ensure that they can, um, you know, police officers now seek members from the Sikh community. Now their turbans are part of their uniform. That's important. That that shows an acceptance, right? It shows that police we're we're headed in the right direction as we look at diversity and being inclusive um, to different communities and being open to embrace one another. And I think that's the important message that I want to send. Right, how important imagery is to unite us. <laughs> because yeah, for sure. police are here forever. So let's let's do the work now so that later on we can we can build the dividends. Yeah, and you know, in class I teach as well, and when we often talk, we start at um, you know Sir Robert Peel and his nine principles, and of course the main principle is building trust in the community. You're doing that. Um, not just with this book on so many other levels, you won an award from uh, President Biden in 2022. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so my, which was shocking, but I'm, I'm so grateful of, of this, this this distinction. You know, just the work that I do within the community, the hours that I put in, I am the board of, one of the board of directors for Girl Scouts of Nassau County. I sit on a board for the Police Activity League um, here in New York City and Nassau County. I'm a part of many different other um, organizations and they all have pretty much the same message, right? Building young girls to change the world, getting involved with the kids early on so that they don't you know, stray away to drugs and gangs. But just how important it is that we as adults find it important enough to give back, right? And it's so that we're not selfish, we're selfless and how important community service is. So just show my kids what it means, civility, right? I think we kind of lost hope with that um, as a generation and just how important that is now. So just continue to do the work within the community um, through all these different various organizations. Um, I serve as a hostage negotiator with the New York City Police Department. So understanding how important conflict resolution is, effective, commun effective communication, right? So I definitely want to infuse that in this book, but also into talks within high schools and middle schools and colleges, how important that is that we um, develop those, those skill sets that are needed. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, great inspiration of hope in a time where we really need it. I mean, you know, there are some saying that, you know, questioning, is this the end of policing in America? But it's great to hear a story like yours. And not only are you you know, impacting the immediate, your immediate surrounding community, but 
you know, the outreach with a book like this. I mean, there's so many support groups now for uh, supporting police officers, uh, their families, their wives, their children. Uh, this is a great step in that direction. And I want to talk a little bit more about your message of hope. But first, I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly, serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities. Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioral health resources, news and analysis, and grant assistance services for law enforcement, fire and rescue, EMS, local government, and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more, visit lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L dot com. And we're back, and I'm speaking with police officer and author and 2022 Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Adrian Goodwin, and your book about your twins in the city and police. Twins in the city, let's learn about police officers. Uh, yeah, great photos, great graphics. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw Adrian hold up her book. And uh, in what ways do you hope your book will impact young readers and their perception of police officers? Um, you know, who, who knows what they're they're seeing on in the media or what they're hearing from their own families or their community. Um, what what's your hope? How do you hope to get to these kids as individuals? Yeah, and just like you said, you know, what they see in the media, right, shapes their perception. And when I go do readings at school, when I ask that question initially, is what do police officers do? The four to five, six-year-olds, they say the same thing. They lack, they lock up the bad guys. Yes. What else do they do? They put them in a cage. What else do they do? They couldn't develop um any other positive, they couldn't develop any positive images beyond the negative, which is great because we are here to protect and serve the community. But how can we develop this dialogue even further, right? That's the importance of it, is that these young readers get to say, and then after I'm finished reading, they go, wait, is that you in the book? <laughs> That's always amazing. They'll come up and give me a hug. Wait, you wrote the book? You're a police officer? And of course, when I'm reading, Sometimes I'm in regular clothes, so they can't, you know, you know, you're a police officer, but you have on regular clothes. So I always have to let them know that I am. And sometimes detectives wear regular clothes, right? They don't wear uniforms all the time. So just those those earlier dialogues, I think the kids are truly are enjoying this. Um, educators and librarians, um, the, the book has been placed in a couple of libraries within Nassau County. So that's great that it's accessible to other readers. Uh, I know when I first started doing readings at school and I would go to the library to look for a book on police officers, there weren't that many, <laughs> there weren't that many and it didn't represent the demographics in which we live in today. So I knew at that point too, how important it was to, to, write, my, to write my own book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's awesome. You do that in the schools. Have you noticed parents or teachers taking notice. Uh, you know, we talk about school resource officers in schools, and sometimes I'll hear from school administrators, well, it's okay if they come in, you know, a polo shirt and khaki pants. And I'm thinking, well, the whole idea is to get 
the kids to see police officers as humans, to be able to relate to them and talk to them. And, you know, that's, that's something, that's a hurdle that we've got to jump over with adults. Have you seen your book make a difference in the community so far, um, as far as, as adults beyond kids? I think the adults are warming up to it. Um, when I, I'll have vending events and I'll have parents that walk by and they'll glance because they're really not sure what the direction of the book is. And then I will introduce myself and say, hey, I'm Adrian and I'm a detective and I decided to write this picture, picture book and they light up. They go, oh, wow. Like I've never thought about a book about police officers and the importance. And I begin to just open it up to the illustration. And they go, that's pretty cool. I've never seen this before. So the initial glances, I'm not interested. But then once I begin that to interact with them, they go, oh, okay, I'll purchase a book for my nephew. I'll purchase a book for my, for my daughter. Um, so I have a couple of readings that are, that are coming up at the library. So I'm looking to, you know, probably do some surveys and just, you know, maybe talk a little bit more with the parents and just how important this concept um, is to them. Um, I did a, I had a, a book signing event and it was a young girl, I'll tell you this quick story. And she came with her mother and she came with this picture when I spoke to her Girl Scout troop about maybe three years ago. And she was like, I'm Savannah. You spoke to my Girl Scout troop. And I remember giving her my hat and her mother did this collage. And she's like, she would not stop talking about you. And she, and she showed up and she's like, can you autograph my picture? And she's like, I want to be a police officer like you. Wow. That was three years ago. That was three years ago. So just that one interaction, I always tell my students, we can't change the world at the snap of a fingertip, right? But it's so important that every, inter every interaction we have with people, that we leave some glimpse of hope, right? <laughs> we leave some glimpse of hope. We you try to change the perception of how people think and feel about police officers just on how we approach them. So that conflict resolution skills, that effective communication, that willingness to be open um, and, and engage with the community, it, it's going to be, um, it's going to play dividends and, and um, it's going to be life changing. It is. Yeah. And, and in today's recruiting efforts, I mean, you'll yeah. see a lot of agencies still, you know, step forward with a poster or video with a canine or SWAT team or somebody jumping out of helicopter on a rope or repelling, you know, something like that. But uh, there's another aspect that we should be presenting and maybe a more realistic aspect of officers walking the beat and talking to people, talking to to grocers and shoppers and, and kids on the street. Um, do you have plans for a follow-up book to the Twins in the City? Yes, I do. I do. So I, I didn't think about making this a series in the beginning, but everyone said, I think you should make this a series. So I, I'm looking forward to developing that, that second book. I haven't quite figured out exactly what it would be or what the title would be or the direction. Maybe it'd be Twins in the City visits a police station and they get to go inside the police station and they get to learn about what goes on with inside that building, right? So maybe I'll develop on that concept because a lot of people don't visit the police station, which, you know, you shouldn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? But it'll be nice to see the inside of a police car, the inside of a, a police station, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully not the backseat. Not the backseat, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> not the backseat. Well, yeah, there's so much there for you to build on and so many, you know, uh, great examples of what policing and, and law enforcement does that is often unseen, you know, helping people and uh, performing medical uh, aid with people because truly law enforcement is the first responder. And so hopefully we see some of that and, um, you know, without the details, but uh, yes, yeah, so many great things. And, and uh, you know, whenever I present uh, to a group of police officers, I ask them if any of them saved a life and very few hands go up, right? Nobody wants to, to brag about a, an incident, but I think for so many things that law enforcement officers do in traffic stops and having people put their seatbelts on or put their kid in a child seat, um, or, or talking about prevention and safety, they, they really are lifesavers. No, they, 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 they are, they are. And it was um, a couple, maybe about three years ago, there was a case that I had, um, a hostage job. It was a five-hour job with a barricaded EDP with a firearm. And after deploying conflict resolution skills, I was able to get the, um, the gentleman out and he went on to the hospital and the American Suicide Prevention gave me an award for saving his life. But it's just like those little stories like that, that really have you reflect as a police officer to say, wow, like my job is important and people matter, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about helping this man that, that's in this state of crisis. That's, mm -hmm. that's what's, what's important. So we just see the, um, the, the different areas of how police can just, <laughs> so many different things and just going to catch the bad guy. But like you said, being in that community to help de de deliver a baby, to help mm -hmm. someone that's in crisis, someone who wants to commit suicide that's at the top of a bridge, right? Just those little stories that I think go a long way. So we can begin to maybe highlight those stories, right, in our media and just kind of show the variety of different things. I think that will kind of help change the dialogue um, to a more positive one um, early on. I, I wish I'll tell my students who are looking to go into law enforcement. I'm like, there's so many things you can do and be, but they don't know because they are first generation police officers, right? And how important is mentorship becoming a police officer, right? Sometimes you have second, third, fourth generation, you know, your grandfather was a police officer, your dad was a police officer. They have all these great stories and all these great shows like Blue Bloods, right? You sit down at the table and everyone's a part of this community, right? But a lot of people don't have that. So how do they learn to navigate? Right. Mm -hmm. So having these organizations, these fraternal um, groups within law enforcement are crucial. And that's where that community involvement comes into play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, another friend of mine and um, author, uh, former FBI executive Catherine Schweit, she writes a book about Stop the Killing, about firearms and mass shootings in America. And she came up with a follow up book called uh, Let's Talk About uh, Guns. And she talks about uh, something that we don't usually do, and that's to discuss firearms with children, with our own children and and children in general, so that it's not that sort of, you know, forbidden fruit or that uh, the only time they see it in a context is later on in life when it becomes an instrument of, of killing or doing harm. Uh, to some people, uh, you know, firearms can can have a benefit for sure. But uh, the the mere fact that we don't talk about firearms with children, um, she says, is something that we should really talk about 
and and maybe you know do do some demystifying with children. I've done it with my own uh, my my own two sons are are cops now, but uh, you know I always made it a point of securing my firearm at home. But just in case, um, it was something that we talked about. They got you know they they saw it up close. They held it. Uh, we did some firearm. Uh, training down the road, but early on, I wanted them to know that it is, it's a tool and an instrument, but it can be dangerous. So I think, you know, I don't think we do enough of that with kids. Yeah, same here. I, my, my girls are eight and my husband and I were both police officers. He's retired detective, um, military um, vet. So we introduced them to the firearms when they were like six, just exploring like, what is it? You know, what is it used for? Um, and I think that's important at education early on. Mm-hmm. Because I would, you know, I would go to work and I would have people from, you know, different backgrounds where kids are using that the tool, the firearm at four, five years old. You know, they're, they're being introduced um, early on. So, you know, there, there's a lot to, to unpack when we when we talk about firearms. For sure. Hey, it's been great talking with you. I want to wrap up and say that we do have your two websites listed in our show notes, the www.twinsinthecitybook.com and your own uh, www.adriangoodwin.com, A-D-R-I-A-N-G-O-O-D-W-I-N.com. And uh, yeah, where can, where can our, our listeners and our watchers find your book? Yeah, so you can find a book at Amazon, on Amazon or at Bonds and Nobles. You can connect with me on the website and see all of the latest updates, book reviews, publication, uh, press um, interviews. You can book me to come to your school, your college, and just talk about anything, right, from law enforcement to effective communication to diversity and inclusion, um, motivation, whatever it is that you think I can service you and your community. You can just head to one of those websites and you can book me. And I love to travel. So, hey, surprise me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, Adrian Goodwin, police officer, author, and presidential awardee, well-deserving. You're doing so much for the community and law enforcement and bridging the gap and, and building the community trust. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, to our listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. Check out Adrian Goodwin's book. Um, might be something you want to buy for your own child. And uh, check out her story. She's got a really good one, and she's doing good work for the NYPD. All right, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know who you want to hear from and what you want to hear about. Drop me a line at Policing Matters at police1.com. That's policing matters at police1.com. And give us a rating. Drop us five stars on Apple Review. We appreciate it. All right. Take good care. Hope to talk to you again real soon and uh, stay safe.